We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the True Faith Weekly Podcast, sponsored by Phoenix Taxis and Coaches. To book online, please visit www.phoenixtaxis.net. Hello, welcome to True Faith Weekly Podcast. This week there is three people here, me, Alex Hurst, Ben Wade, Simon Campbell, and we're also going to be speaking to Michael Carlin, who was at Spurs later on. Lads, uh, no mic today, so uh, a shortened Premier League section at the end. We'll get straight into it. Um, first of all, say congratulations to Rob Smith, birth of his first child this week, a long-time True Faith Weekly Podcast listener, also gets involved in the RFF League, so uh, well done, Rob. Yeah, is that what you said? Congratulations! Really, yeah, ninety people. Your balls work. I don't know. Like <laughs> good effort. Very touching, Sai. Very touching. Um, <laughs> no, not touching his balls. Though. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> and then yeah. one fell swoop. We've absolutely ruined. Like. Yeah, <laughs> it was done with the best of intentions, Rob. Um, right, so we'll beat Tottenham unbelievably. I don't know about you lads, but I was absolutely buzzing in front of the telly. As well. uh, same. It was just so good. Like things like this just don't happen to us as Newcastle fans, and <laughs> it is a fitting end to what has been a disgraceful year. Um, and I'd, I'd call it the result of the, the the calendar year. I don't think we've had a better. I mean, I know we beat West Ham to stop up, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was yeah. I mean, we did the same thing last year, didn't we? But it kind of was a smash and grab. This it felt like it deserved, didn't it? I think Very we had we had yeah. some of the better chances yeah. towards the end. It. I, I don't really think. I mean, as I said to you, I wasn't really that impressed with Tottenham. Yeah. Why have we got side do there? I don't know. <laughs> um, right, Sai, so two weeks in a row, people on social media, and I'm not going to name names, but there's a fair few celebrity Newcastle fans out there who just seem to know absolutely nothing about football. Not that we know loads, but the way people seem to just kick off and be like, he's he's dropped Perez and Mitrovic, and he's going to drop Wijnaldum. He doesn't know what he's doing. Two weeks in a row, people throwing their toys out the pram. Two weeks in a row, three points, side. Do you think McLaren's got the starting lineup right? <laughs> um, I don't know. We've, we've we've bemoaned this style of um, football for years because it's a pardue tactic. Carver 
didn't know how to deploy it. He tried it, <laughs> but he just didn't know how to do it at all. Um, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because it worked. It worked really well. And, you know, second half we had plenty of good chances and we, we got the goals we needed to win the game. But you got to say that we're kind of lucky to only be 1-0 at half-time. And if you... As with Pardew, the, the game plan completely falls apart. If you concede more than one, and even in concede one, you make it hard for yourselves. And I thought we were quite lucky to only be 1-0 down at half-time. So in some respects, he's got away with it there. Absolutely. I mean, he's obviously gone into the game. Tottenham played in Europe in the week. They're going to tire by the second half. It's a, it's the right game plan to play, but it does carry a risk. Just cracking up. It wasn't the best running order. Ben. Yeah. Couldn't even be bothered to finish the yeah, comment. It was we, like, uh, we were trying so hard to work out what any of this meant. Thank goodness he turned it, up. It, it, it kind of feeds into what Sai is saying then. Obviously, Sai Sim, we're getting a little bit lucky and we'll probably come back to that. But on the other hand, so so that's the team selection, Sai Sim, the team selection, though its work is, you know, relies heavily on luck. Do you think that McLaren, who's, who's getting a lot of praise over substitutions, mm-hmm. do you think that literally he's he's cracked it? He knows he knows that um, these two players particularly are far better coming off the bench mm-hmm. than the two that started. Yeah. Did you come to me or Ben? I don't know. Hang on, I'll, I'll say what I was going to say. Um, I actually agree with what you said after the game. He said, oh, well, you know, I'm not here to be praised for making brilliant substitutions. That was always the plan, to bring them on as impact players. And again, it goes back to... Tottenham, we're always going to tie a second half. It just happens to teams who've been in the Europa League on a Thursday. Um, you've obviously thought we'll win this game if we if we do this in the second half. So I'll give him that if that's if that's what his plan was. And I don't know. I suppose you could say the same uh, with Liverpool. The previous week they'd been in Europe in the on the Wednesday. No, on the Thursday side. Was it? Were they? On the th- oh, of course, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's uh, that's it's the right way to play against those sort of teams in those situations, but. It's not so. I, th- I mean, I thought there's more to it. I thought he's dropping them because they're in poor form. They were, neither of them had played particularly well after starting the last three or four games. So I thought he'd actually just had the bottle to drop them for Liverpool. Um, but whereas today, it was quite, I mean, yesterday it was quite obvious that it was kind of part of the plan. And or if that was part of the plan, and it's worked. You, you start to have a bit more respect for McLaren again, which we'd all completely lost. Yeah. And if I think it all comes down to next week, because. There's no point in these two excellent results, which they are excellent results, and I'm full of praise for them. But if we don't then smash Villa on on Saturday, then it's just kind of pointless. I disagree. I don't think it's point. I don't think it's pointless. But I, I do agree that we need to beat beat Villa. But you've, I mean, we don't don't put yourself too far on there, Ben. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's quite funny. Like you've just, I, I saw someone who commented that. Um, they listened to the one after Liverpool and it was a complete downer. <laughs> and I was like, I'll, I'll feel like that doing it after just because obviously we'd, we'd try to be positive in previous games. Obviously after the Norwich one, I think we were really positive. And then we went and saw the run we went on and it was just that sort of, you're hoping it wasn't another false dawn. But I've, mm. I've been really impressed with the, the two performances over the last two games. And I think it all stems from from McLaren's make, make, making changes. We were calling for him to, to do something and he's it wasn't probably the two changes I would have um, initially thought would, would be the best for the team but it's worked because De Jong's come in and has been brilliant uh, for, for about an hour in both games um, he's worked really hard he's he's he, fit, he looks like when he's fit he's, he's sort of strong enough and, and capable enough to, to do well in the Premier League and it's the type of player we've, we've not really got many many players that are, are, can hold up the ball well um, and obviously he, he links up with, with the play really well 
Perez, I think, doesn't link up so much. He's better on the ball and he's a really good dribbler with it, but I don't think he's quite got the same type of creativity as, yeah. as De Jong does. He doesn't bring players into the game like De Jong does. Cissé, um, I thought was brilliant against uh, against Liverpool. Um, he wasn't as good yesterday. Obviously, he stopped De Jong from scoring what I'm sure was going to be a, a certain goal. Um, and he, he was a bit ineffective yesterday, but I suppose it's it's going back into the point, as you said, it, he's, he's sort of doing a lot of the hard work of, of chasing players down. And there was times again where he's putting defenders under pressure where they're, they're just kicking the ball out and they're not taking any risk. And it's, it's getting the team out away from the danger areas and getting them playing in the, the right areas. Um, I think Cissé works really well in that in that game plan, I think where you're not going to have much possession, I think we only had about 30% possession first half, where you're going to see if you can nick something, but realistically, mm-hmm. just try and contain, and then see if he, see if he says the right player to have to try and snatch a goal out of nowhere, but when you actually then take the game in the second half, you just, you know, that's when the, Mitrovic comes into his own. The, the problem with Cissé is he's not a particularly brilliant footballer, he's, he's not going to get involved in the build-up play, so yeah. you literally just want him out there, just chasing lost causes and trying to get on the end of something, which... When the the type of play, I mean, we're not going to go and play anyone off the park with with our footballing um, style, and I think it's. I'd like to hope it's, on at the end of the day, but at the minute, obviously, we're a team that's low on confidence. Yeah, it's the type of performance you need. But obviously, before the last two, yeah. now we shouldn't be. But I think up till that point, um, obviously, you, you could tell the players didn't really know they weren't thinking clearly or anything. So I I think he, he played it the right way. Um, obviously, the the impact substitutions came in. Did what they were meant to, and, and they turned the game around. I thought there was only really one winner when they came on. We had a, some great chances. I mean, Cisse is obviously just before he came off had a brilliant chance. Whereas Soko played another unbelievable ball, just sort yeah. of created something out of thin. That was a good effort. Yeah, I, I, I just think he should be testing the keeper from there. But it was it was an, an obviously an unfortunate one. I mean, that's the type of chances. Suppose when Loris is letting everything through. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like just, just hit it straight at him. He's uh, he's not saving it. But um, yeah, it's just it was the type of chance that you would you would think he, he that's what he's in the team for uh, and he couldn't take it but obviously we're, we're not really in that now um, so I was, I was I was pleased with the performance I thought we were brilliant again and <laughs> it's another away win at Spurs yeah I think uh, you're right last week we were still pretty negative because at the end of the day we're still in the relegation zone and it was only one win after four or five well maybe not four or five even just like maybe three really really bad games and it's just I don't want to sound negative again I do want to start praising McLaren again because a few weeks ago we'd completely given up on him and these last two results none of us saw coming which we've said before about about Pardew etc it's just, it's just what it's like to be a Newcastle fan isn't it um, <laughs> so trying to be consistent I want to see I want to see more of it before I start getting a bit too carried away that's all but I'm obviously delighted um Thing all, all are yeah. It was it's like I said, two thousand fifteen has just been such a ridiculous year. I know uh, yeah. Mark Corby, NUFC nineteen eighty nineteen ninety four, friend of the Mark. show. I thought it was called Paul. Uh, he's um, he tweeted the podcast account at TF Weekly Pod. If you want to follow us, a little while back, basically saying this is like apart from one year in the eighties or something, this is the worst year in the club's history, <laughs> uh, or up to date it was. Um, we just had such. You know, you can count. Can you still count on one hand the number of league wins this calendar year? You had Hull, Vile, five. I think we got three, didn't we? Hull, Vile, West Ham, Norwich, Bournemouth. Now, now, uh, so up to seven. Get in. (laughs) Uh, Seven wins this calendar year. Something like nineteen defeats. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
And it's just, yeah, it was just like the second half performances filled you with so much pride because we were just on it. We're, you know, I think I said today on, on Twitter, all my match report preview for True Faith, which I've done already for the Villa game. <laughs> um, that, like, Anita, again, we or you said on the podcast last week, lads, like, when he doesn't have to think, he's class, like, he is class when he just has to run about, keep possession, play the ball. He's actually a decent footballer. The problem yeah. comes when... Like you said, the last two games, McLaren has totally sacked off this coming short for the ball from the mm-hmm. keeper in, playing the ball about and all this kind of bullshit, unfortunately, that turned out to be. You kind of get the feeling McLaren has wasted the first four months with this side and just had to revert back <laughs> yeah. to Pardew's tactics, yeah, yeah. which unfortunately, I'm not, it needs must. We needed wins and we've had to go yeah, back yeah. to what this team was good at doing. I think it was at last October or November, Pardew won six in a row or five in a row in the league or seven in a row, including the cup games or whatever. Or beat these two teams to yeah, um, and it's a, that was achieved very much the same way. Get men behind the ball, get the sixty minutes in the game, and go go from there. Um, and like we said, the impact of Perez and Mitrovic was exactly that. I, I, I don't think I would start them for Villa because although Newcastle are a much more threatening team with those on the side, if it doesn't go well, bringing De Jong and Cici off the bench is, is basically pointless compared to the other two. It can make a massive difference. And also, they're just, they are still just really immature in a, in a football sense in terms of like, you know, Mitrovic will go charge around the place, pick and fights. It's all right mm-hmm. on 80 minutes when you haven't had a book in. Yeah. But on five minutes, that's when you've got a problem and you book <laughs> for the rest of the game. And Perez kind of just knackers himself out. And I also don't trust McLaren like he did against Liverpool. <laughs> if, if Perez is on the pitch too long, McLaren just feels the need to move him constantly. Yeah. Put him on the left. All over the place. And it's just now just play him, play him up front, play him off the striker, where he actually does good stuff. And we got we got lucky yesterday, but we, I think we deserve the look, and I think we've had a fair share of bad luck this season. Um, obviously, Bournemouth probably negates that because we got so lucky there as well. But <laughs> if you look at... Um, I, I don't agree with the, the commentators and the pundits of Sky. I don't think... And I kind of disagree with you a little bit, Sorry, I don't think we're, we deserve to be losing. But I think 1-0 was quite a fair, fair reflection. Apart from the Lamella chance, Spurs didn't get behind us once. I don't know. There's Danny Rose as well, where he was in acres of space. He was to the side of the uh, net, when, but he just smashed when, it back across goal. When, Should have just kicked it on target. When, when does Danny Rose ever score ever? I don't know. But he just had to kick it on target. It would have gone straight <laughs> through Rob Elliott. But I, I, I think it, Newcastle that, were, were in the game enough um, in the first half to think, right... You've done all right. Rob Elliott should have done better with the goal, um, but he made two really good saves apart from that. Yeah. And obviously a few more in the second half. Um, the goal is actually really poor from him, wasn't it? Yeah, he's, just, should have he's, saved he's it. got a full hand on it and it's still gone in. Like, But, uh, but I thought the second half, Newcastle were just um, on it. They were, were, pressed, were pressed well, pressured them. We um, made them look kind of average, I thought, and Spurs aren't average. Spurs only lost one game, which mm-hmm. they didn't deserve to lose against Man U this season. And I thought at the end of that game, there was only one winner. Mm-hmm. Even, when it was 1-1, I was kind of thinking to myself, well, whatever happens now, it doesn't matter. Because even if we concede a late one here, they've proved that There's they can play there. well two yeah. games in a row. And they've, pro- they've proved that they're willing to put the effort in that we all thought was lacking, yeah. particularly against Palace and Leicester. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, these aren't, these aren't going to score here. I was just thinking, Harry Kane hasn't had a kick. Um... He's a bit like Rooney. Whenever he gets frustrated or doesn't get the ball, he tends to drop ridiculously deep. Yeah. Then he gets the ball. He's got, he's got two, two, two choices. Cross to no one or shoot from miles out. And that, mm. to come back to the original point side, that's what I thought Spurs did a lot of yesterday. Yeah. They yeah. got so frustrated so quickly that they just ended up shooting from miles out. And Rob Elliott, the second half, got to, got to make a couple of decent camera saves, basically, where if you let them in, you'd be thinking, fucking hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, overall, like a really... A really, really successful day, and like it's just great for the fans. We, me, and you were there last season side for the the League Cup four 0 defeat at a similar time of year, and I just 
delighted for the, the, the Newcastle fans who went to the game. Out of the last four um, White Hart Lanes, we went to the one where we got <laughs> smashed 4 0. Yeah, I think it was like 88 years or something. Newcastle won three in a row to Spurs. It's yeah. mental, isn't it? McLaren's Newcastle breaking records for the right reasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let us move on to um, Sai, the players who have got a lot of stake this season. Um, really starting to do well uh, you know the likes of Sissoko Colaccini Jan Matt got loads of stick as well start of the season um, even Jack Colback and Vernon Anita have come, come in for a lot of criticism uh-huh. these players you, no one could say those players weren't anything but outstanding yesterday do you think that keeping these guys in form is the key to a successful season or do you think nah we need new players it's <laughs> um, quite a broad question any, any football team will not win games if they're best players because they are our best players can't can't perform. I think they've all been more than deserving of the criticism they've had. I think yeah. some more than others. Um, I think we've been staunch defenders of, um, or at least three of us on the podcast <laughs> of Sissoko because he is by far and away the best player we've got. I mean, you could probably Perez comes close on that kind of performance for for half an hour yesterday, but Sissoko's class and when he when he plays like that and contributes, he's just like untouchable and. Um, I think we keep saying it when when he doesn't perform and when a couple of others like Wijnaldum or uh, or even Colback have a have a nothing game, we just don't win. Yeah. So it is. It's really important that those players play well. Um, I don't think. I, I, I kind of agree. We don't need wholesale changes. We, we've, all the kind of problems that were highlighted at the start of the season still need addressed. We still need another centre half. We still need a, a goalkeeper who's not Rob Elliott to be able to play in nets when well, Tuchel's not available. Yeah, they've got Darlow though, so I don't, I don't think, yeah, I can't I, see them buying a keeper. Yeah, I don't know. There's a couple of improvements you'd make, but no, I think your question is, do we need a massive change? We don't. We need the right players playing in the right kind of system as we did yeah, that, yesterday. That answers, answers my question because a lot of people were saying, let's need, you know, like say two weeks ago before Liverpool, people were saying Newcastle need to spend 30 million quid in January or we're going down. I think it's, it's moved away from that now. Yeah. All we need to do is keep that core of the team playing well with the likes of Perez, um, Mbemba, even Paul Dummett and, and Rob Elliott continuing to contribute as they have done, which has been a very positive contribution. We should be all right. Uh, we're going to talk about Villa in a second, Ben. I would just say, I think what we've said all along, though, is we, we still do need, uh, you, you said before, if if we play Mitrovic and Perez starting games, we've got no one off the bench that's going to come on and change a game. So I still feel like we're, we're lacking the depth. I mean, we're, we lose one or two players, I think we're in big trouble. Yeah. Because attacking wise, defensively they look like they're a lot stronger now. Um, they just they just know what they're they're doing. They know what the roles are, and they're they're doing them. They're applying themselves. But going forward, there's only a couple really players. Wijnaldum now and again, mainly Sissoko most of the time. That are sort of if if they have a bad game, we just don't score. Um, so I feel like we're probably still lacking <laughs> a sort of a, a, another. A couple more offensive options, but um, and it's the same old thing. We're still the defensive cover. We need players just to just to fight for position. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of players had been resting on the laurels. Yeah, Matt for one sort of was undroppable. Um, Colaccini likewise, pretty much. If you can get players that are going to challenge them, then I think you're going to get the best out of them because yeah. we've seen that in the past. But I yeah, I don't think we need wholesale changes. I think it's just. It's just we need to improve the the quality of the, the squad. Yeah, I mean, I agree. We're, we're frightfully thin. We don't have a fit left back in the team, and yes, I think Paul Dummett's starting to uh, improve and and contribute in some sort of positive way at left back. Um, I think when we start stringing together a couple of results, is when you can start then trying to bring in some fringe players. 
instead of throwing them into games where we're getting hammered. Tovan can't be that bad. Like if we've got to play with a bit of confidence and, and actually attacking teams, bringing them on for half an hour might give him a bit of confidence himself and give him a chance to show us if he can do anything. Instead of throwing him into a game where we're losing at home to like I don't know Watford, Aaron's in security. I suppose to be back. That'll be positive. Yeah. Even though when Aaron's was fit early in the season, he couldn't get on the bench. Um, He'll probably so, turn up at left back or something at some point yeah. again. So you got you know Aaron's um, Tiote, uh That's it, really, isn't it? There's no one else injured who you'd think. I mean, Haidar is out for six yeah, months yeah, now. I was going to say he's long term. Like, I, I, I kind of really, I'm desperate to see Mbappé play with Wijnaldum just because they had such a positive partnership against Chelsea in the first half against Man City that said Paul Dummett just seems to have got better and better every game he's played on the flip side he's had to do absolutely no offensive work the last yeah, two games yeah. at all he, he's crossed the half lit way line once basically and against Villa at home this is when you start to get you start to realise this is Newcastle United again when you know I, I think I sent you a text or, or you, when he is in the first half on the WhatsApp group when I'm watching it saying absolutely all of our attacking players going down the right and all of the Spurs attacking players going down the left because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's shit because <laughs> yeah, my left yeah, side is rubbish yeah. that doesn't mean Dummett and Wijnaldum are bad players but they're two players playing in an unnatural position who both have contributed very well I thought Dummett again he seems to grow into the games he kind of starts off pretty shakily he did against Liverpool he did against Stoke he did he did again yesterday then second half he's one of the best performers but then each time second half it's almost mm-hmm. like we're, we're, we're playing so deep that he, he's basically just playing like a centre back mm-hmm. In a left back, not actually playing like a left back, which suits him to the ground. And I think against Villa, that might not be the case. Sai or Ben, sorry, Ben. Um, I've got well, numerous people on social media last night, including some journalists, suge- suggesting that we now have a new number one at the club. What do you think? <laughs> um, I, I, I don't buy that. I mean, I think to like give credit to the lad. I mean, obviously we're we're probably three of these. Harshest critics. Harshest critics. Yeah. Um, Unlike Richie Smith, who was at the match, the, the <laughs> London branch of the Rob Elliott fan club. <laughs> but um, I think give, give the lad credit. He's he's coming in and he's he's making the saves. You expect him to save, um, and and he's made some really good ones as well. I mean, there was a, a couple, as you say, camera saves. But you still, I, th- I think the way the one he tipped tough, over from Lamella, that was a brilliant. Yeah, save. that was brilliant. That's and probably it, about it. But there, and yeah. um, the, I, I think he's. he's He's not done anything wrong. I still feel like he he creates a lot of sort of panic and when he just with his decision making, he's not um, sort of the, the, the he doesn't make decisive decisions very quickly. He, I mean, obviously the Sunderland goal, uh, the first penalty came about it because he he delayed um, in, in the decision. <laughs> well, speaking of which, yesterday sorry to interrupt. Like there was a bit of famous Robert Elliott. Um, what's the word? Just total indecision in the first half. When he started to come, and Colaccini had to take the ball over yeah, 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 exactly. exactly the same as the Southern game. It's, it's just things like that. Yeah, a normal, a proper Premier League quality keeper. Yeah, it shouldn't even be a, a, an issue. It, it should just be natural. He just comes out and claims it and has the confidence. I don't know whether it's just because he, he's lacking confidence himself, and that yeah. obviously he's he's not a Premier League. He's never played in the Premier League before. He's, he's coming yeah. to us. Top level goalkeeper is in charge of the back yeah, five. Exactly, he command the area a lot better. Yeah. He, he, you feel like he's just sort of. He's just the keeper, and then it's up to the defenders to sort of arrange everything around him. But it, give him if if he's going to be playing for the full season, he might grow into that role a bit better and start to command his area a bit better. But I still think Tim Krull on on his day um, <laughs> is is just a far better keeper. He, he he's just more commanding, 
comes and claims. I mean, when when Crow was at his best, he would come out and catch crosses and things like that, and just you were you were comfortable that whatever he was doing, he was going to make the right decision. Tim, Tim Crow's capable of making two or three saves that he's got no right to yeah, exactly, per game, yeah. whereas Rob Elliott. I'll give him credit. The last few games, he's done nothing wrong, and he saved all those shots that he should be saving. But he doesn't. He doesn't really get you like get you a win mm-hmm. like Tim Crow might. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's taking Bournemouth. What I would say is, it's it's positive though that if he is if he is yeah. sort of staking this claim that it's it's competition for Crow again, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think he's been lacking for years, and it's it's allowed him to sort of it, his games regressed um, as a result because he's he, he does. I mean, his kicking's been awful for years. Um, his distribution, especially. I mean, Elliot's isn't brilliant, but it's it's still a lot better than what we've been used to with crawling. I think, as I get, again, I repeat myself here, but it's competition for places what we need, and the but the better Elliot's playing, and, and the more comfortable he's getting in the role, then it's for the better. Um, I still think when crawls back, crawl will be number one, yeah. and it's that's the way I prefer it, but. He certainly has his uh, his fans out it, and it's it is good. He's he's made a mockery realistically of my. Uh, assertion when Crow got injured that like we're going to get relegated because of him, <laughs> which is what I thought. Um, but yeah, fair play to him. I still I still don't really rate him as a keeper, but he's he's done more than than any third choice keeper should that, that, have to do that's the, in the I Premier mean, League. And you could probably say now, obviously, there's no way he get dropped now. But he says he's at the moment Newcastle second choice keeper because obviously Darlow mm-hmm. can't get in ahead of him. I mean, I think as well, it just it does show you the difference between a, a proper keeper when obviously had Anik in goal for a few yeah. games last season. Yeah, I saw Anik on uh, Sky Sports News this weekend, another howler. Really? For whichever League 2 team he plays for. Vale, isn't he? Paul Vale, like. yeah. But, um, <laughs> totally at fault. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just, we sort of take it for granted, I suppose, that that's what they should be doing. I mean, they're playing in the Premier League, so yeah. it's sort of the bare minimum, but he, he's, he's doing well, he's playing well, and credit to him, I'll... I'm not going to lambast him this week for uh, for anything. Well done, Rob Elliott. Um, I think that just about does it on Tottenham, Newcastle. Uh, anything else you lads want to add? Uh, some c- contentious refereeing as always. But it's not the ref was fucking shite. Like, yeah. I, I think you were very kind on him there with the contentious crash. <laughs> Bukin Perez. <laughs> one, Pere- the Perez yellow card is the main one. Like, it just, Danny Rose probably caught the ball. I know we scored from it. Mm-hmm. Out. <laughs> like, <laughs> Perez going for the ball. Yellow card. Yeah, I don't know. I literally don't understand how he gives that as yellow card. Like it's just just a he, he's got the ball and he no. slides and then the defender comes and he tackles him and injures himself. Like, I don't <laughs> know. Ridiculous. But if someone got it was High Dora got done exactly the same thing. Got booked at Man U this season as well. Oh yeah, for going for a ball. For in exactly the, the same thing. Yeah. He made a mint little run. He's yeah. basically in on goal. And a defender just happens to be another ball, but like, oh man, it's not like he's going to nail the player that he hasn't yeah. seen coming from his, his blind side. It's just referees think. I think they need to sort of discuss that sort of scenario and get T- ourselves. Tell you what, uh, who who was it that um, was it Kyle Walker who pushed Mbemba into the crowd? Oh, uh, Deli Ali. Deli Ali, that was yeah. it. Little prick. No need mm. for that. Like kicked or chipped him yeah, up. Yeah, tripped him up. And then uh, the, the commentators were doing me head. On. Obviously, you don't watch that many games in telly because we're normally there, but. It was just like, oh, before he'd even seen a replay, oh, he didn't mean it. Like, fucking yeah, yeah. watch the replay. And then yeah. and Mit- Mitrovic sort of did something a little bit similar, like a half an hour later, and he was like, oh, it's a totally different reaction. Yeah, um, but uh, Dali Ali, what a little dick, yeah. Mm. Still wish he was playing for Newcastle, <laughs> um, rather than for Spurs, because we were in for him. Mm. Um, we may as well move on to one of the biggest games of the season next week for a number of reasons. <laughs> it's not anymore. We're not, we're not in a relegation battle anymore. We're on a relegation battle, side. <laughs> we're two points over the relegation zone. Uh, 
And if Newcastle United have taught us anything this season, it is that there is always a capitulation around the corner, especially <laughs> at home. Um, to, to a lesser side. Yeah, to a lesser side. Rubbish team. Um, let's, I'll, I'll pose you a couple of questions first. Um, but before we talk about the match, uh, why do I hate them so much? Sorry. I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking, oh, God, I can't wait to smash Villa. It's going to be class. I'm going to enjoy it so much. I was thinking, <laughs> why do I still enjoy like beating Villa so much? Why do I still hate them so much? 2009 aside, I just there's got to be more to it because I mean we've been there. We've beaten six 0 since then. We've beaten them plenty of times. It's it's kind of been and gone. We don't. Need, they're probably going to go down the season, which would be glorious. But um, I think it's just there's nothing good about them. They've been a stain on the league for years now. Just like trundling along, just like Sunderland. It's an awful, awful place to go. And if Mickey was here, <laughs> we'd get a lot more on that. Um, what, what's what's good about Aston Villa? Nothing. You, you just want them out of the league. You want them to go. You just want everything to go badly for them. Ben, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, same. I think just the there are nothing club really at the minute. They've gone nowhere. Poorly run everything. Good crap players. Just <laughs> they're not they're not enjoyable to watch. Um, and the fans are a disgrace as well. So just they're just they're just the worst. Like I think I looked today for me match preview for True Faith. The last five Premier League finishes: seventeenth, fifteenth, fifteenth. 15-16 that's like the ex- I mean they got the FA Cup final you can say oh well at least I've had the FA Cup final run but they lost by a record margin in the history of the FA Cup the <laughs> oldest football competition in the world they got beat a, I mean, 4-0 they obviously beat a rubbish Brendan Rodgers uh, yeah. Liverpool side and West Brom on the way like, <laughs> but yeah just I, I think t- 2009 has a lot to do with it But and I think it's the need for proper revenge like I know we won 6-0 and that was class but you know, it was right at the start of the season. It didn't really yeah. matter. Like it, it mattered to us at the time, and it was beautiful, beautiful. I mean, I don't know. It was, gl- it, was it was really, so really wonderful. Like in the sun, <laughs> and the, the best thing about it is, it's like I kind of thought at the time when we because we win level seven, it was like, oh, I wish they had three thousand fans rather than three hundred. Yeah, but that just summed them up as a club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I mean, we've only lost them once in the six times we've played them since we've come back up. The two wins there, especially that win that we were at Sire on a cold Tuesday night in January. Uh, when we're in relegation trouble in the Pardew, that was absolutely class going and turning them over. But you just look around the place and you're like, there's like 28,000 here. There's 3,000 Newcastle fans. It's a 45,000 seat stadium. Realistically, there's 20,000 Villa fans who were there laughing at us in May 2009. Where are you? Like, even despite all Newcastle's well-publicised problems, there's still like a passion for for the club in the Your area. Club. <laughs> and Villa fans just seem to be a bunch of fair-weather cocks who turn up more, more like you know, to, you know, to go you know, to the you know, Man United fans room. saying at the opposition quite, and Arsenal fans quite arrogantly and, and almost wrongly all the time. You've only come to see the Arsenal. You've only come to see United or something. That's just an obs- like for, for us as Newcastle fans. That's just weird. Aston Villa <laughs> fans are that are those people that do only turn up when Villa are playing big teams. That the the difference in attendances from like when they see I mean you know I think against Leicester there was 48 there in Liverpool there was 51 so you could see you know you know two or three thousand more Newcastle fans turn up there's like 10,000 extra Villa fans turn up when they're playing one of the top four like what's wrong with you people of Birmingham why don't you want to go and see your own team play and it uh, we I don't know if we've mentioned this before but the last away game of this season is Villa away that could be so so good 
the only thing that's going to spoil it is they'll already be down. No, it'll still be good though. Yeah. And, and half yeah. them will we'll be, well, be there anyway. Like, like we'll have to. I'm still up for me and me, you're up for getting tickets for the we've home. We've been end. talking about this since. Uh, yeah, getting, since getting the on. banners for the home end in the hall. <laughs> and I don't know how we're going to do. it We'll need a getaway car or something. Background of the away end to watch the game, but um, like I just. Like part of me thinks, oh, it would be it would be the sweetest thing in the world yeah. to relegate them. But then if they get relegated in March, I'd, I'd happily take that because yeah. I'd have yeah. the re- those three months of just waking up every morning <laughs> knowing that Villa relegated would just make me so yeah. happy. And it's just it's just I remember I was there. Like I just remember their faces. I remember the they were so up for it. They were so up for relegating Newcastle. They weren't asked about their team. They weren't. They couldn't give a shot. I think they couldn't finish any higher, lower than six going at that match. So they were, the season was done, and they were all just so up for relegating Newcastle. And the Villa fans that day at Birmingham New Street Station on the train back to Leeds from me, uh, telling me that Newcastle would never be back, just a small club. Where are you now, Villa fans? You're fucking nowhere. It's, <laughs> it's going to get worse as well. Um, speaking of getting worse for them, so the the, the current um, plight is it, it it's it doesn't even because Newcastle have been so bad, I haven't been able to enjoy it. They have six points <laughs> from sixteen Premier League yeah, games. That's so it's bad. So bad. It's just it, it's embarrassing for the league. It's like when you look at like La Liga sometimes, and there's this or, or the Bundesliga, or any and you're like, oh, there's a team with three points from nineteen. Games. <laughs> yeah. Like. So they're that's... like they're probably semi-professional. Yeah, don't like... come up, <laughs> stay down. Like you presume that the just just stay down for another year. Let someone else do it if you're going to be shit that shit. It is quite funny as well, considering like how what the season's been like. Everyone's saying, "Oh, it's one of the best seasons because it's obviously been so competitive." Not for Villa. Yeah, not for. <laughs> <laughs> so they've won, they won one game, which they didn't deserve to win against Bournemouth in the open day. But then again, we can't talk because mm-hmm. we did the same thing. <laughs> Bournemouth should be fucking like eighth. <laughs> like the, the the games they've dominated. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they did, obviously they did that, and since then it's only been a terrible draw against home against a terrible Sunderland, a, a draw that did not deserve against City at home, who just missed sitters, and then also what they must have won got two other draws. So they got a draw itself happened, which again they could have been four 0 down after twenty minutes. Got a, got a ridiculously fluky goal from one of the shite corners that hit the front post <laughs> and hung onto it. But Southampton also were in terrible, terrible form, and they got a draw against someone else. We've already care. done three draws. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, the yeah, three draws. That's fucking yeah. hell. Three draws, and that is ten defeats for the season so far. Um, so, so make no mistake, they're a terrible, terrible football team. Obviously, guards come in, and he's had he's had quite a, a tough start. He's had Arsenal, Southampton. Uh, who did I just say? Watford, City, Watford, Watford. He's he's had a he's had a hard start, and like he said at the weekend, it's the games now. The next five games are against teams in the bottom half of the table. That the simply oh. Leicester have just taken the lead. Vardy shock. Right. Got you could get ninety two first goal scores. Just thinking on the way home, thinking it's too high that for Vardy ninety two, but <laughs> never mind. Um, yeah. So anyway, this this is Aston's bit of the season, and that's what worries me a little bit. Is there any need to be worried, lads? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You said it before, Newcastle were more than capable of just just ruining it. What could be a nice run? Because even if we scrape a win here, one 0 you then looking at Everton on Boxing Day, thinking we well, can win that as well. But if we if we just just go back to being shit and lose, you just think, oh, we're going to get smashed all the way over Christmas, <laughs> back in the relegation zone by January. So I think it's really important. It's, it's a massive game, like you said before, and it's it's got to be treated thusly. We've got to take it seriously. We've got to really go for it. I, th- I think as long as the players are professional and they, they do the yeah. job they're doing. I mean, as I say, we've we'll have struggled when we've been trying to take the games to teams, but I really don't think Villa have 
have got at it within them. I don't even know who plays for them. Yeah, they've they've got a couple of players that have sort of been doing all right. Um, like IU scored one or two goals, but considering the investment they've made they in the lad, more, they needed more from him. Yeah, exactly. Considering the investment they've paid for the lad, like it's just not enough. Um, but he's pretty much playing on his own. <laughs> um, obviously that Grealish lad that everyone's been banging on about, like is out of the team at the minute. Mm. Um, and it's just, I mean, the, even players like the, the thought or oh, might be good times. Like they've got Lescott and. Um, Richards. Richards playing at, at the defence and they're just making the same old like just embarrassing um, mistakes all the time and who's on shit as well yeah he's I mean he's a liability yeah <laughs> he's he's the Tim Krull of them for just kicking the ball at opposition teams and <laughs> gifting them goals um, but it's yeah I think it'll be um, I, I think it's just as long as we turn up and just do our jobs properly we shouldn't have anything to worry about because I, I just think they'll they'll if we get a goal, they'll crumble, and I think it'll be uh, comfortable. That's the that. thing that the game against Everton when they got beat four 0 could have been forty. Yeah. Honestly, they were that bad. Everton hitting the post yeah. and yeah. just waltzing through them. And Remy Gard said after that game, he seems like quite an intelligent guy. Why on earth he took the Villa game four? <laughs> they had four points after eleven games when he took it. What, what are you thinking, Remy? But he's saying we well, basically we had a game plan, but it just it just went out the window once we're conceding. Mm-hmm. And when you when you're playing away from home in the Premier League, you, you can't chase the game and. We need to start early, and normally, like Newcastle, I've made the point in the podcast this season: we'll just never score ever, ever, like in the first ten minutes of a game, especially at home. Yeah. But then we're never all seems to get injury time winners away from home. We've just yeah, done yeah. that. So if he just gets them fired up, <laughs> and we haven't played a team like Villa, yeah, yeah, gets them fired up, gets them buzzing in like right get into these first 20 minutes if we don't score first 20 minutes don't panic take your foot off the gas this is what you know speaking of Martin Hardy about Keegan's teams used to do mm-hmm. and the Newcastle's 95-96 team before we used to come out first 20 minutes and absolutely blitz the opposition normally scoring at home and if it didn't work they were like right next 25 minutes till half time foot off the gas consolidate don't, you know conserve some energy we need to have that kind of smart game plan and I'm just a bit worried because I'm just seeing pictures in my head of Vernon and Nita dropping short between the centre back <laughs> of fucking Rob Elliott fainting to pass. So like the, the forward players all make their runs, then pass them backwards to Elliott, yeah. and it's just like oh. No, I think this is where he, he has got to put Perez and Mitrovic back in the team. Like, be harsh to so, drop yeah. to Young, but that that's the kind of lineup you want. Just starting this game and just taking to them when you've got Callback back in the team and he had a good game on uh, on Sunday. You you're not so worried about having a really attacking lineup because mm. Callback. Kind of settles and eat in and lets him play a bit better and lets him do. He what takes he's the pressure off him, doesn't yeah. he? Because he's willing to receive the ball yeah. and, and play. So I think it'll be fine to put Perez and Ritovic back in and just, like you say, just just go at them, go at them for the first twenty thirty minutes. Hopefully, get some goals. And if not, we're, we're still capable of beating them. I, th- I think you'll stick with the the winning side. You'll not change it. Um, which I, d- I don't really have an issue by, with. By winning side, do you mean is in the, t- the team the same team? The game. No, no, no. Is in the team start, that started the last two games okay. and, and go with the same game plan of looking to bring Perez and Mitrovic on later on. Um, just because it's obviously it's worked the last two games, why sort of change the winning formula? And I just think I, I think the team that started will be good enough to beat Villa. Um, there's enough in there. I think De Jong will, will be key to it. Um, and it's just it's just creating the chances for Cisse really, but I, you just feel like Villa are probably going to come. I think they'll realise this is this is it really for them if they're going to yeah, have any chance. Have to win. Of, they've got any chance of staying up. They're going to have to give everything. They're already to the, seven points adrift. Yeah. If we beat them, it's tantalising. We'll be thirteen points clear of them. Yeah. 
after 17 games. Mm-hmm. So what does that does that mean? That leaves them 21 games to to, to even say. I mean, I just to gain the ground yeah. back on us. We're not going to finish and, any but, higher but, than 13, 14. Before these last two games, we were comfortably the second shittest team in the league, and <laughs> if they're that far behind, we're like, yeah, it's just that's the biggest game of the season for mm-hmm. me. I'd, I'd take, I mean, I'd take See, a one 0 now. Like exactly, yeah. I just want to win the game for all the reasons I've said. I want to I want to pile it into them, but also it's an important game for Newcastle United about our progression this season. It's just a must win. Yeah. But I think we'll leave it there. We'll have, we've obviously got the radio show on Friday. We'll probably talk a little bit more about it. Um, and we'll move on to a couple of games, then a short chat on the Premier League. So, uh, last part of the show now, I have a Doggers game with a bit of a twist. In, oh, a, in, a, in an actual Doggers listeners challenge that works this week. So thanks to everybody <laughs> who got in touch to say, I don't know what it is, because <laughs> you literally couldn't answer it uh, <laughs> last week. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Premier League. But Mike's not here, so not for too long. Here is Doggers game, lads. I know it's just two years, and you, you don't have the best record. This time, it's, it's just a Premier League grit, a Premier League player, because I've run out on Newcastle players to do. <laughs> so, without further ado, you can only answer after the first two clues, as normal. Here we go. Oh, I don't know about this. A non-Newcastle player. We're bad enough at getting Newcastle players. <laughs> Who am I? I just change the clues. Go 20 goals in 14 games in my home country to move a 600,000 to earn a 600,000 pound move to the Premier League in 1997 I scored 45 goals in 73 games for my national team that's a canny ratio I'm 6 foot 4 inches tall and currently 39 years old I will now accept guesses I played for 100 sorry I played 171 games in England scoring 62 goals despite playing for not any of the top sides <laughs> and a great English there <laughs> it read better uh, <laughs> any ideas last before the final clue um, 39 there's only 4 clues uh, you'll get it from the next clue 6 foot 4 I'm trying to think of giants that played in the league obviously played in a Garg league in his home country and scored loads of goals it suggests it was from a a, a non-serious well like not one of the big boys uh, Flo no but not a bad guess I suppose no, also came no. from Holland <laughs> yeah I played for Derby County, West Ham United. Oh, one shop. There we go, Ben. Ben takes Doggers game. So it was a bit... I, I tried to make it quite He's easy this week. He's the first to work he finishes the clue, actually. <laughs> Good points. Ben takes it this week. Um, I'm sure Mickey, when he listens back to this, will put this on his uh, chart, which he's definitely been keeping mm-hmm. throughout the season. Here is Doggers Listener's Challenge. Remember to tweet us, at Pod with your answer if you know this one. What was unique about the last six weeks of the 1998 1999 season for Newcastle. What was unique about the last six weeks of the 1998-1999 season for Newcastle? I know you could you could say a lot of things here, but there's one uh, record which is pretty bad for Newcastle, which I'd like to be tweeted the answer. Uh, those who get it right will get a shout out on Friday's radio show. Any ideas, lads? Can you think on that? Well, one? it's a it's a lesson challenge, so we're not gonna. Yeah, I know, it, but I don't want <laughs> Right, lads. Uh, moves that moves us on nicely to the Premier League. Ben didn't exactly flow into the Premier League. Yeah, <laughs> were there? Well, Paolo one shot. There was a player playing the Premier League once. Um, Arsenal, Ben, is this their Premier League to lose? It's got to be. It's got to be like this is the. I think this is the best chance in years, just because everyone else has been so poor. Like even Arsenal can afford to have one of their standard West, seasons. West like exactly, they didn't have afford to have that the blips that they always have, um, and and I think it's not going to have as big it's not going to have as big impact this year. Um, obviously, they they usually do really well against the gag sides like Villa and 
obviously the, the sort of made it a bit tricky, trickier than I thought they would against Sunderland, but they ended up smashing them through one in the end. Um, and just it, it's just amazing that all the other teams just look so poor. City again um, really struggled against Swansea. Okay, you could say they had the the whole new manager sort of lift, um, and, the, and the players needed to, to sort of respond. But I mean, they, they should have comfortably uh, smashed that team, um, and it took a took them a conceded last minute. Um, Arsenal, I think, are just they're obviously on a bit of a good run with the euphoria of obviously getting through the Champions League when it looks dead and gone. Um, and obviously they've got a tough tough game against Barca I think that'll be that'll probably do them a hand really the fact that they're going to probably go out in the next round of the Champions well, League there's, there's no way whereas Man, <laughs> Man City have to get through against Kiev yeah. they've got a comfortable draw and Chelsea's if they can I mean obviously they're losing tonight and they're, they're looking pretty poor you would expect them to lose but um, PSG I, I still think uh, on on one of the top sort of premier sides I don't think they are really got a chance of winning Winning the Champions League this season, it's a sort of draw. Although it's the hardest draw they could have got, it's it's one that I still think Chelsea, if they can find a bit of form and get the best out of the players again, that they could win. Um, but yeah, Arsenal will, will just basically be playing on for for one uh, prize, and I think this is this is the best chance they've had for years. They've, yeah. they've got a good good side as well. I think um, in terms of the the the, the defence look really good. Bellerin and Monreal, I think, have been having a brilliant season. Um, and, and they've just got really good options. I mean, obviously they've lost Sanchez at the minute, but Ozil's playing some like sort of he's he's, he's in his best form since he's come to the Premier League, and uh, obviously they've got got match winners in that side. So I, I think they they've got the sort of the best chance I think at the minute. Um, more more so just because of the the incapabilities of the other teams around them as well. Cool. Uh, quickly, side Man United. Do you think Van Hal deserves a break because of the injuries Man United got? Or do you think three hundred million pound plus the already expensively assembled squad he inherited <laughs> should be doing better? I thought I thought you would have loads to say about Van Hal after his comments in the last couple of weeks. Was that <laughs> last week? Is it's it's actually quite hard. It's, hard, it's harder than it looks. <laughs> no, it's not Van Hal. You're just rubbish at that job. Um, oh, I don't know. We've, we've exhausted all, all the things you can say about Manu. Uh, I still think they'll be up there just by virtue of the fact that the teams around them are, are doing so poorly and they're just scraping results here and there. They're not, apart from all the rubbish nil nils, I don't know how many nil nils he can have before yeah. he loses his job. Like, but um, well, the Smallins out as well at the minute, which is going to be. Yeah, he's just got, he's just got Jones back. Paddy Mines, awful. Jones Jones came back on on. Um, on I'll, I'll tell you who. Oh, uh, yesterday. Yes, LVG deserves a hell of a lot of criticism, but like when he goes, Woodward's got to go as well. Surely, yeah, absolutely. Surely, he's allowed him to go and spend all of this money on just bang average players. Really, I mean, twenty five million on Fellaini, obviously for Moisey. Yeah. Um, but even seventy million for Rojos, he's just he's just yeah, average. Like. It's just they've, they've they've basically because the man you teams have been like right, we're going <laughs> to charge a premium price yeah. and more. And because you're an idiot, uh, got, like it's going up more as well. They got yeah. absolutely battered off Bournemouth on Saturday. Like, yeah. the, the, the second half, Man U offered absolutely nothing. They, they had no chances. Mm-hmm. It was just all Bournemouth. And it's like, well, it, you look at that team. I mean, that that back four was absolutely shocking. Like that's a worse back four than ours when they were playing bad. Yeah, like just that Borthwick Jackson, obviously <laughs> youth lad, come in. Varela, I think was uh, I think was he Fergie's last signing or something like that. I feel yeah. like, or maybe Moises. 
it might have been a moist signing, but he's a, he's a known known Uruguayan yeah, a, a wing pa- back. Powell back into the team as well. Like. Yeah, and it's just they're just they're obviously scraping the barrel. I think the answer to your question is no. He deserves no sympathy. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's just. I mean, talk for good. It's, it's, it's quite funny though that he's obviously he's got this reputation as being able to bring youth through, and and obviously that's what he's trying to do. But hang on a minute, like you don't just bring youth well, players into the team. Injuries, like, but do you know what I mean? He's he's still Lingard's getting a chance. I know, I know it is because of injuries and things, but he's he's not even doing that well. Like he's <laughs> he's brought he tried to bring in Blackett and McNair and a couple of players last couple of seasons, and it's just it's just not. The game has passed him by. Like he. Fair enough, in 95, whatever, Ajax, fair enough, it's fucking 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Did class, that was a sick team, although it was, like, you know, the players weren't brought to the team by him. He did all right at Barcelona on two occasions, but, you know, if, the, if, if you're the manager of Barcelona and you're there for two seasons, chances are you're going to win a league. Yeah, um, he's hated that, he? He did all right at Bayern, won one league, but again, it's fucking Bayern. And apart from that, a couple of reasonably successful spells with Holland that we wouldn't out. It's just a bit. It's just a great big myth. Mm-hmm. The bloke's on something like seven million quid a year, <laughs> and it's just not good enough. But it's it's long quite, way to continue. It's quite funny though that he's like obviously he gets held as like oh he's a he's a rebuilder of teams like yeah. Bayern and Barca after he left went on to be great <laughs> teams. It's probably going to happen to Man U just because they're like right that's not how to do it. <laughs> Like follow like, that, let's follow make that sure game plan. This that's, never happens again. Yeah, that's that's the that's the way not to do it. Uh, and it's basically learning all the lessons, like of, of what what could go wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he, there'd be idiots to let him see out the end of this contract. Yeah. Um, and I think, as I say, Woodward's got to got to take a lot of the criticism for it as well. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if the pair of them are gone at the end of the season. Yeah. It's almost like before we move on. It's like. Um, Parallels, isn't it? It's like when Newcastle got rid of Robson, when Shepard got rid of Robson. He brought in Sunes because he just thought we needed the opposite mm-hmm. and that would make everything okay. And they brought in Moyes, who had no personality, who was dead quiet and didn't dominate. And they would, rather than just get a good manager, right, we need someone who everyone's going to respect straight away. And mm-hmm. the press will, won't talk, it'll take the press on. It's just like, no, you just needed a good football manager, mm-hmm. not some fucking idiot who is, is generally a farce. Like. An egomaniac. And uh, Sunderland, obviously, what a weekend. The Triple Crown, as I call it. <laughs> a vile defeat, a Sunderland defeat, and a Newcastle win. I never saw it coming. Um, <laughs> absolutely buzzing. Just cracking me up about Sunderland at the moment is Sam Holliday, is uh, the excuse machine. Now, I know, he, I know he hasn't had any transfer windows, and I know he hasn't been there that long. Nine points in eight games represents progress from Advocat, but the huge slices of luck that have brought him those points... Um, and the fact that he's just he, he's, he's accepting no responsibility for results. I thought it was weird after the Everton game when he played that ridiculously open three at the back and they got done for six. Mm-hmm. He was like, the players need to do better. Fine. All right, you've only been there two matches. That's fine. After Stoke, when they won 2-0, despite not having a shot on target when it was 11 v 11, it was, yeah, well, well, we are making progress. The, the changes we have made, me and the coaching team are, are working. All right, fair enough. You know, you fucking won. And then... <laughs> uh, at the weekend and also against against Arsenal we deserved it we played well we, we thought Arsenal all this kind of stuff we got the tactics right at the weekend he had to change his formation after 20 minutes it was going so badly they could have been 3-0 down they should have been 3-0 down and he, he's literally he set up a team and had to make a tactical change after 20 minutes so who, whose fault is that and then he's saying um, you know after the 1-0 defeat the Watford a terrible result for them it was which he called a 6-pointer well <laughs> not for Watford it wasn't Um He's like the players. We can't. I need strikers that can score. The players have got to do better. And it's just, it's just a bloke who 
he's just a stereotypical Allardyce quotes of if it's our if we win it's all my yeah. my I did it I won and he's, if, he's the only one that does that yeah. more than anyone else and if we lose players are going to try not my fault not my team not my players they need to do better they're not good enough and it's just like I, I, I don't know how long Sunderland fans can wear it uh, the next two games are Chelsea away and City away probably win fingers crossed <laughs> Then they have um, Sunderland, uh, Sunderland, Liverpool at home, and then a the big one. You know, Sunderland Villa, Sunderland Vile on the second of January. That's a that's a big game, yeah. especially if results go as expected. And fingers crossed. Just say we we win the next two games, or say we get five points in the next three games. So it's not it's not that you know inconceivable that we would be nine points out of Sunderland and loads ahead of Villa. Yeah. I don't. 19, 18 ahead of Villa <laughs> and it's just like these are the two teams that will be looking at Newcastle as a relegation rival and we 9 and 18 points mm-hmm. ahead of them both The nothing would make me happier probably than Villa winning at Sunderland in vain like their only win like this yeah. is going to be their only win of the season yeah. and just to fucking dig Sunderland in the shit a bit more uh, it'll be absolutely class but yeah the tough times for Sunderland obviously you know they might pull something out of the bag these next two games they've done it before but Oh, it's it's uh it's looking it's looking tough, isn't it? I think that's it this week for True Faith Weekly Podcast. Thanks for everybody who has listened in. Uh, we're, we're hoping to have Mickey on because he was at White Hart Lane yesterday, but he's got a bad case of under the thumb from <laughs> from the missus. Probably as a result of yesterday. Yeah, probably as a result of going going on the drink uh, for the day in London and seeing Newcastle win. But we will be back on Friday, Radio Northumberland. Please listen in, um, and. I don't know, like, we'll have a show next Monday, obviously. And then I don't know if there'll be a radio show Christmas Eve. We'll have to see how that goes. (laughs) Well, we'll not be good in the recorders. I'll be working. Um, And then obviously there's Boxing Day, so we'll probably do a show on the 27th. And then then we're away. Then me and Ben are away in South Africa watching England play cricket. So, yeah, we'll keep you all updated. Please follow us on Twitter, at TF Weekly Pod. And, yeah, we appreciate everyone who listens, and hopefully... The biggest game of the season. Uh, we'll be back next Monday with something to cheer about. Thank you. Thanks, yeah, lads. Yeah.